Hello, everybody, and welcome to What Do You Say Anime? I am your host, Peter. On today's episode, I will personally be reviewing 10 shows from the last season of Winter 2021. This will be my first solo adventure in over a year, as my co-hosts were unable to either watch some of the shows that we're reviewing today, or they had scheduling issues. So this will be really fun. I haven't done a solo episode in over a year, and I really don't know how it's going to turn out. So I hope you guys bear with me and have fun along with me. So on today's episode, we are going to be reviewing Hori Mia, Redo of a Healer, Laidback Camp Season 2, Nanan Biori Nonstop, which is its third season. That time I got reincarnated as a slime, Season 2, Part 1, Skate the Infinity, B-Stars, its second season, bottom tier character, Tomozaki-kun, suppose a kid from the last dungeon's boonies moved to a star town, and then my final thoughts on Black Clover, since it's all wrapped up. These are all going to be heavy spoilers, so if you have not seen the show, in the description below, I will be providing timestamps for specific shows if you're looking for them. And if you are not seeing a show that you would maybe want to hear my review on, this is actually our second part of our winter review, since I watched so many shows this season that we did do it in two episodes. So if you're looking for like my review on Jujutsu Kaisen and some of the other shows, I'll also put the link in the description from our first episode, and you can see that. So, first we're going to jump right into our first show, which was a delight. I read the manga. I believe it's going to be a staple going forward in the rom-com genre, and that's Hori Mia. Hori Mia to me was a, a really refreshing take on the rom-com scene, especially taking place in high school, where we see these characters develop a relationship very early on into the story, and then you see the development from there. Along with an amazing like cast, um, Yuki is my best girl. I loved her so much. Um, some of the things with like Toru and her were a refreshing take on just the relationship, or, or other than the, just the relationship of Hori and Miyamura, which was also fantastic. I thought their dynamic of having like this egocentric, not egocentric, sorry, like this really outgoing um, person like Hori. She's actually like the exact opposite of egocentric. She is very caring. You see her go out of her way for her little brother and her family, where she essentially skips all school activities so she can go home and pick up her little brother and clean the house and stuff like that for her family. Since her dad is out of town a lot, it seems like, and her mom is also like a working woman. So it was really refreshing to see like that type of character in a rom-com along with Miyamura, who was this shy out, like kind of in the dark character. And you got to see him blossom when he interacts with Hori. And you see that in his like progression where you saw that like in the past that he was, a little bullied, not super bad, but he definitely was bullied. He was afraid to open up to people. And really, Hori was that like guiding light to show him who, his true colors because he had this personality deep inside where he was wearing these, he had these tattoos on his sleeve. He wore piercings and all this stuff. And he was really afraid to show him true self to other people, which made it for a, a fantastic character in himself. Uh, that being said, I love their dynamic. Um, like they said, they get, they become a couple in like episode four. The problems that I did have though with the show was its pacing compared to the manga. It definitely skipped a lot of chapters. And if you are anime only, this might not be an issue for you, but I did have a lot of anime only friends that did say like the pacing did seem a little rushed. There are definitely more dynamics between the side characters that I wish I could have seen that I saw in the manga. Just because I do think that its supporting cast is very wonderfully done. you They make you care about a lot of the characters. Um, I, I was a big fan of Yuki, but I was also a giant fan of Remy. Just her quirky like personality and trying to be fun. And having this personality to be fun for other people. And how she kind of like developed her relationship with her boyfriend was really interesting. That she saw him as weak, but he was nice. And that was more... Like that was that meant more to her than like maybe somebody who looks for like a physical feature in their significant other. So that was a really cool, interesting concept that I liked from Remy. Uh, the OP and EDs were both fantastic. I really liked the art style of the ED. They kind of changed it up and it made it seem like it was like this claymation mixed with animation type of thing. It was really fun. Um, and the OP slaps. I it was maybe like the third best OP of the year, but. I like it wouldn't surprise me if it would maybe made like the anime of the year like OP nominations like definitely probably gonna be like the top 10 I definitely enjoyed it I like the visuals of it as well showing the different panels as it was shifting through the different scenes was a really interesting concept that I thoroughly enjoyed with the OP Whew, 
Rain La La, the Horribia. I just think that this is going to be a staple going forward when people recommend rom-coms to people. I don't, there was just very, like, the things that were bad about the show were, like, really minor to me. I thought the pacing was fast, but I do think how they concluded everything was pretty well wrapped up together. I mean, it wasn't, like, the best ending of all time, but I felt like that they did a really good job at giving us an anime, like, ending. Like, we're not getting a second season. Like, it's we might get, like, an OVA because there were so many different, si- uh, like, side stories that they weren't touched on that I think they could do with, like, a two to three episode OVA like they do with like the DVD and Blu-ray bundles. It'd be really interesting to see. Um, that being said, I'm going to give it like my final thoughts. Loved, loved Horimiya. I thought the anime was on par with the manga. I'm giving both the, I gave the manga a nine and I'm also giving the anime a nine. I thought it was just really well done, really well constructed for a 13 episodic show. Knowing that we're not getting any more, I thought it would wrap up very well. And I'm just looking forward to seeing like, how people receive this because it it does have a pretty high rating on Mal. It's at 8.31, which is pretty high for rom-coms in general. So that's pretty close to like Toradora when you put it in terms of like, like if it's on like a pedestal, like where would it stand? Like Toradora is like an 8.35. So really close to like the Toradora levels of terms of high school rom-coms. And I think Horimiya is one of the better rom-coms maybe of all time. I know we got spoiled last year because we had, my teen romantic comedy snafu season three which is definitely more drama than comedy but definitely has its comedy elements along with like uh tony kawa we had last year we had um uh kaigo-sama love is war so like we did have like these pretty powerhouse rom-coms from last year but i think hormia is almost there i think it's a great like runner-up to these like monsters of the rom-com genre and I'm, i love hormia i'm giving it a nine Next up, ooh, this is the most controversial anime of winter 2021. Probably going to be the most controversial anime in 2021, period. And that's Redo of a Healer. And I watched all of it. I'm not going to, like, front and say I dropped it after some bullshit. After, after watching, like, episode one and two and got the shock value, I realized what the show was going to be. And I just wanted to see, like, how the ending effects was going to be. So, that being said, this show is a straight-up hentai. Like, anyone who says... Otherwise, it's just fooling you, especially if you watch the uncensored. It's essentially just like a, a, a low budget, low quality hentai. It's the same thing. Like if you were, if you're just someone my age, and you remember the old Cinemax HBO days where they had like these like softcore uncensored. I should say uncensored, but like the softcore porn on like HBO. You know what I'm talking about. This is kind of like that version for hentai, whereas like it was bad, but I think for a lot of people that they resonated for some reason with this style of like. Anti, and it was really interesting to see like the viewership numbers that it was more prominent in females than males. So not all like anime viewers. I feel like when you think of who enjoys this show, it's that greasy anime guy that wears like the fedora, like hey, how you doing, ma'am? Whatever you know, what I'm talking about. Um, it was just really interesting to see that the this was in Japan that the the female demographic actually outweighed the male demographic. So really interesting so for me overall for this show i thought once you got through the shock factor of like episode one and two everything else was kind of just like nullified like it was like oh it's just like another revenge rape scene like who would have thunk that it was gonna happen in this show ah since i'm talking about myself i had to bring a beer with me but yeah this show was like really fucking bad like the op was really bad some one of the i liked one of the girls i liked um cry Crylet, it says their name on mal um she was like the knight of the city that gets brainwashed kind of like yeah brainwashed. i say i'll get brainwashed but like i kind of enjoyed her character but like other than that i really didn't enjoy anybody i thought this this show was pretty horseshit to be honest like um like the concept of you having the ability to go back in time and redo all the wrongs that were done to you only for you to go through it all again and kind of like redo the story where you could have made like a better choice and decided that you were just going to be a fucking massive incel instead and just like mind control girls so you can have sex with them. And it's just like, I feel like this is like that, like that incel 14 year old fantasies dream where like, uh, like you never got like a girl or anything like that. Like I'm going to get back. I'm going to give them back. And to me, I thought it was just pretty pretty hot garbage to be honest um 
I hated the main character. Um, really didn't like like the supporting cast. Even like the villains of the show, like they're all like overly excessive evil, where it made it seem like I feel like they tried to make it seem like the main character wasn't a bad guy by like elevating by how bad the other bad people were. But in essence, everybody is just garbage. Like you could be the best of the worst people and you're still the worst person type of thing. And I feel like that's what they kind of tried to do to like offset the negativity of the main character. But in essence, he's just a dog shit character along with most of the other characters. The elf was weird. Like the little girl, black elf, uh, Eve, she was like a really strange character to throw in. Like, her entire character of the show was to masturbate while they were having sex. It was, yeah, the, it was just really weird. I'm giving the show a two. The only reason why I'm not giving it a one is because I only have one show at a one. And that's like the worst anime of all time for me. So this was not technically the worst anime I've ever seen. But it's probably like top five worst animes I've ever seen. It was pretty hot garbage. So yeah, redo of a healer season or season one. I hope it doesn't get a second season. Give it a two. Um, I hope nobody ever recommends it to anybody other than like a jokey meme. Maybe this can be the new Boku no Pico meme or whatever. Like, yeah, watch Redo of a Healer if it's your first anime type of thing. But yeah, pretty hot garbage. That being said, giving it a two. Next up, the show I'm not giving it to in my favorite slice of life of all time is Laidback Camp. If you don't know me, I'm a giant like um, slice of life guy. Big fan. Uh, and I think Laidback Hands is the best. How they incorporate being comfy and warm and having fun in their adventures is incredible. This year we got away from Rin doing like solo camping into her doing like group camping with everybody, which was fantastic because then you got the whole cast of characters together. Nadeshko is still incredible. We got to see more screen time with Chiaki and Aoi along with her sister, which was really fun. Along with uh, Ina, but with the lack of her dog, which was so sad because I love her dog. We did get another type of dog named Choco, which was a fun like little addition that we got to see. But if you're a fan of Slice of Life's, I mean, if you haven't watched Laidback Camp, I don't know what you're doing because it's one of the best ever made. I love it. We're getting a movie as well in 2022 to continue the series. Uh, I believe that the manga is selling really well, so and it's still ongoing. So it wouldn't surprise me if maybe in like two or three years that we get a third season, especially depending on how well the movie does, which I'm going to assume is going to do insanely well in Japan. I don't know how it's going to be doing it like overseas, like in the West, because the show does have a good following, but it's not like the biggest compared to other shows where I don't think it's going to do like Violet Evergarden numbers at like a theater if we do get the movie in theater. It'll be really interesting to see if we get like a limited release. I'm really hoping because I will travel to see this movie. I love Layback Camp that much. Uh, the OP is, I mean, if you saw season one, Shiny Days, which was one of my, it's one of my favorite OPs ever made. Uh, Seize the Day, which was OP for this season, was also incredible. I thought that the song was not as good as Shiny Days, but the animation was better. And it kind of just like, it like you know, like depending on how you value OPs, I thought it was a wonderful OP. It was it set the tone for the show and it kind of set the tone for what they were trying to do. It was season of the day where they go on these geocaching trips and they're trying to hit like 14 locations in a day. Like they're trying to seize the day in these moments that they have together. Like let's see everything while we're here. And I really enjoyed that moment in the show along with the OP. The character designs are incredible along with not just the character design but like their wardrobe animation. It's really refreshing to see uh, shows take the time to create these characters with you know like they're not in their school uniform every day where you don't have to be unique in drawing these characters because you just draw them in their school uniform it's really interesting to see like these characters have like how they how they tie their scarf was different from each person and that's just like those little things um are they wearing like pants compared to like a longer shirt and leggings type of stuff it was really interesting to see how they drew the characters based off their personality uh, I thought they did a really great job with Nadeshko with her hair, especially how she wore her hat. It was really unique, and I really enjoyed her character design probably the most because we didn't really get to see the Rin uh, from like season one where she did her hairstyles and like a different. She had like the Princess Leia buns on her side. They also had like her have like a bear on top of her head made out like woven out of her hair, which was really funny. 
Uh, yeah, I thought Nadesho killed it this year. I thought she was the star of this season. She was kind of the star of season one, but I did like Rin's character and just in general because she's super fun as well. Overall, laid back camp. This is a hundred percent personal advice. I'm not even gonna pull up a front. Like I love laid back camp. I think it's one of the one of if not the best slice of life's ever made. I think writing fun is a talent that's just as important as writing like these like suspense and drama stories. And I thought laid back camp just knocked it out of the park this year. This was a must watch for me. Every time it was on on Thursdays, I watched it as soon as it was up. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm giving laid back camp season two a ten out of ten. What do you expect from me? Next up, another slice of life that uh, kind of exceeded my expectations was Non Non Biori Non Stopper, the third season of Non Non Biori. If you're unfamiliar with Non Non Biori, it takes place in rural Japan with mainly the, the cast of the four main girls. Their ages were from like first grade to like seventh or eighth grade, roughly. And just their daily adventures, super slice of life in comedy. But what this season did better than the, I thought they did better than the other seasons was really focus on one character. And that was Renge, who is the first grader. And I think that was the absolute correct choice because she is, she's probably my front runner for best girl of the year right now. Uh, she was definitely my girl of the year for this season. She killed it. Uh, just like I said earlier before with like laid back camp, writing fun is hard. You can write characters laughing and everything like that, but that doesn't mean that like I feel the fun that they're having. When you have like these characters feel like they have genuine conversations and interactions and just the situations that happen during their life in rural Japan, I fe- it felt really unique, really refreshing, and I felt how they fe- were kind of feeling in their situations. And that was a really a really unique take, I thought, on the genre. Because there's not many slice of life that are like Nanan Biori. This season did an exceptional job at telling like kind of the progression of like their life because before the first two seasons all took place in like one specific year or like one specific time frame. And this year you got to see like the sisters' brothers graduating and him moving on to high school and them leaving, or him leaving, and then like the next girl is now the the senpai of their group or whatever. It was really interesting to see it, their dynamic. We do get to see more from like the candy store lady and uh, Renge's sister, which was really unique. I really enjoyed her, both of their characters and just them being like growner, like more adults, not moving into the city, staying in rural Japan after you graduate, like by choice. And it was interesting to see like their dynamic. Like you got to see one episode where they got super drunk. Uh, together and kind of just like chill and relax which was kind of a really interesting take because you didn't see that in the first two seasons also compared to the movie vacation which is also highly recommended if you haven't seen it uh once again this is for my slice of life peeps you are a fan of slice of life so if you're a fan of comedy you're a fan of like these this style of genre which is hilarious to me that it's labeled as a signing and the the, the oldest character in the main group is like 13 but other than that, I mean, the, just their interactions are so much fun. A lot of times it reminded me of when I was a kid playing with my friends. So it's kind of like a nostalgia hit. Season three to me, I thought did a better job than the movie and the first two seasons just due to the fact that they focused on the best character. Like to focus on like, so like the story took place with like all of them, but kind of through Renge, which I thought was a great idea. The It was definitely more polished than the first two seasons, I thought as well. And they did a really good job at just portraying what they wanted to do in Rural Japan. I'd kill for a fourth season. I don't think we're doing it because, like, the manga is ending, like, now. It's, like, ending very, very, very soon. So I don't know if they're going to finish it, which would be really nice if they did. I think this is way more popular in Japan than it is in the West. But if you're a fan of Don Abiori, third season knocked it out of the park. I loved it. I'm giving it a nine. And I just... What a great season for, like, um, Slice of Life in general. Next up, we got the second season with the first part of That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. If you don't know, like, my take on Slime, I thought the first season was actually kind of boring. It did get better as it progressed. I enjoyed, like, the world-building aspects of Slime. But to me, just, like, how overpowered the Slime was kind of took away from any real threat to me. And I thought that season two did like 
they took what I didn't like about season one and like made me change my mind because we got introduced to real threats. And it's like, how do you take out the most powerful person? You take out the people that he cares about. And you see that when they attack like the village and kill a ton of people and they kill Shion. And the whole goal of him is to become a demon lord so he can resurrect his village. And Shion is like this small percent chance of him actually succeeding. But the fact that he went demon mode and just like, I'm going to kill like 10,000 of you just so I have the chance of like reincarnating my friends. I thought it was fantastic. I honestly wish they just stayed dead. I think that would have been a great driving force for Rimuru's character if he went through all of this and he could not resurrect Shion. And he just has like this like darker side to him where, yes, he is willing, like he's he's a good dude for his village. Like he loves them, he protects them, he'll do anything for them. And you saw that when he essentially, when he, not even essentially, I mean, he did, he like massacred like an entire troop. I think he, I think the total count was like 6,000, something like that, in that one spell. Let me take a sip real quick. It was like 6,000 people that he killed. And becoming the Demon Lord was really cool. Um, you definitely see like the tension building up between the Demon Lords as well, which is, I'm assuming, what the second part of Season 2 is going to be. We got a three-month break, so we'll be getting the second part in July. I think that's right. Maybe like end of June or July, something like that. So, because right now we have the Slime Diaries, which is like that slice of life version of it, which is, uh, I'm not I'm not bothered watching it just because I was so heavily invested in this style of slime. I didn't want to move away from Demon Mode Rimuru into Slice of Life Rimuru. So I'm not going to be watching Slime Diaries. But that being said, I was a huge fan of this season. I thought they did a really good job of escalating like the, the threats. And my only real problem with it is the threat was kind of really easily beaten by like one move. Uh the end like the end result was great. It was I guess like how they got there to me wasn't the best. Um I wish that people just stayed dead. It's one thing why I hate Shonen, where if somebody dies, it's like, are they actually dead? Because, like, 90% of the time, they're probably not dead. And this happened again. But, like, the price they had to pay was, like, much higher, so I'll give it credit for that. But I I, I am, I'll be honest, I am looking forward to the second part more than, more than normal. Just how they set it, everything up. I'm giving this an 8. That was really well done. Um, I'm, Yeah, I already said, like, my things, but, like, yeah, slime, Slime's really good. It's a really good isekai, and I definitely would recommend it to a lot of people, and going forward, I think it's only going to get better with time, and I think what the story is only going to get better, so. Eight for me for Slime. Next up, ooh, yes. This one, I had I had problems with this, so Skate the Infinity. Skate the Infinity, from, I had a lot of problems. Like, I thought this was going to be a contender for, like, anime of the season. Just because the concept was so unique. Downhill skateboarding, I don't think, has been done. Like, the closest thing was probably Air Year. And it was done by Bones. So, Bones is one of the best studios in anime to date. Like, they are absolutely incredible. They just produce absolute bangers all the time. Even if you like, even for someone like me who is not the biggest My Hero Academia fan, I will definitely give its credit that its animation team is fantastic like they do a great job full metal alchemist and all these other stories that they've done in the past and skate to me i thought was going to be something similar you had this great concept where you could do these extreme like skateboarding tricks done by the one of the best if not the best animation studios in the game and it kind of started out like that it started out this really fun like like bromance style show where these characters developed a relationship through skateboarding. And I can definitely relate through not skateboarding itself, but like some of my best friends I met through playing sports. So I definitely get like this, this style of relationship where you come into a scenario, you guys bond over something and become best friends. And that's what happened with Ranga, Reki and Ranga. I combined the two Ranga if you're shipping them, I guess. But my problem with the show is kind of like, how it took a, the fun kind of like went away with it as the drama got added with Adam and just how they developed the story of the S which was like the skateboarding competition that they had. And it's just, they had like this, this downhill skateboarding tournament where Adam is clearly the villain of the show. 
And he would just like get off his board and just smack people in the face of it. And everyone's just like, yeah, it's fine. Like nobody, nobody else other than shadow cheats, which is crazy because it's like cheating is definitely a lot in this competition and only shadow and Adam cheat, which I thought was like a little silly. Um, and just like how Adam's character progressed from like this, you know, like sinister villain where he like, he's obviously like super rich. He does this because he wants to be the best and to like this, Hisoka pedophile guy on a skateboard where like his entire passion for skateboarding towards the end was just so he could fuck Longo which was really weird like I didn't think it was necessary and I did think it actually hindered the story I didn't really like see the point like why not focus on what made the show so fun in the beginning which was just skateboarding they I don't know it was just really weird that they could have taken this I think the show just shows just stayed fun like yeah, you could have, like, a villain. Like, if you've ever seen the movie Brink, which is the, about rollerblading, is like, a Disney Channel movie from the 90s. I feel like you could have had, like, a villain like that, where, like, he's just, like, a douchebag. And it works perfect for the story, where, like, the main emphasis was rollerblading, and they were having fun rollerblading. And I felt like that's kind of the route I wanted Skate to take. Where it got way too drama-heavy for, like, no apparent reason. I don't, like, the, the, the fallout between Ranga, Ranga, I did it again, Reki and Longa, Made sense, but, like, I don't really understand, like, you know, just, like, it, it was just, it was just, like, too much of, like, they're, like, you know, he, like, Reki was, like, super jealous that Longa got way better than him super fast, and Reki had a hard time dealing with that. And, like, the whole time the story was, like, their communication together and how they became best friends, and they just, like, they just threw it out of the window, kind of, to just develop the drama. That felt super unnecessary because I think it lasted like two episodes where they didn't talk. Or to me, I felt like it could have been like 12 minutes, like half an episode of drama between the two would have been perfectly fine. I feel like they kind of like stretched it out where like they needed to make it 12 episodes and they kind of just like filled in the gaps. I mean, we even got like a recap episode, which was weird, but like it's a little, I think it was a little different because I didn't hear anything about the director. Something similar to like Wonder Egg where like the Wonder Egg director was hospitalized twice. So that's why they had a recap episode. Didn't really hear anything about Skate. Um, that being said, yeah, skate. My biggest issue was that it, it lost its fun towards the end. I did enjoy the ending, but like episode eleven where Reki uh goes against Adam, I thought was an awful episode. Like just the like presentation matters in a show. You have Reki like def- I'll, I'll put it in quotation marks. He defeated Adam in the, the downhill race. Adam fell off his board. People are laughing at him. Reki is like 30 seconds ahead of him in terms of time. And Adam just like miraculously comes back because he's mad. I thought that was really dumb. I thought like they could have done that sequence way better where, I don't know. It just, I, I know like Reki's like wheels were like kind of whatever, but like he could have just like ran to the finish line because cheating is allowed in this. It just, it felt really weird. It lost its fun to me, but like I'll give its props. Its animation was great it's ed is so good i love the ed of skate it's probably number one ed of last season so good the op is really good too it's just not like top tier like the ed is but i thought the ed definitely had like that california skateboarding vibe to it which was really neat but that being said i'm gonna give skate a six i think they could have done a lot of things better to me it just lost the fun and i just that's what i was looking for in the style of show was fun i didn't get it I know other people are probably going to give it a, like a higher rating. It has a pretty good score on Mal. It's an over an eight on Mal. So I understand people are going to be viewing it differently. Maybe they didn't mind as much drama, but to me, it just kind of took away from the show itself. So I'm giving it a six. Let me take a sip before we get to the next one. Beastars season two. Now this is a Netflix jail. So of course I watched it legally. Wink, wink. Uh, the, B-Stars season one was one of my favorite shows from, was that 2018? I think it was. And it was, in, or maybe it was 2019. Let me check real quick. 2019. Yeah, it was one of my top shows from 2019. I know a lot of people put in the 2020 because that's when I got a Netflix jail for like their awards and stuff. But to me, it was a 2019 show. Same thing with now. I watched B-Stars because I love season one so much. I gave season one a 10. And how B-Stars season two changed from season one, which I thought was incredible. Holy crap, the tone shift, they went from this school drama mystery trying to solve the murder of uh, Tam, I believe his name, Tam or Tam, 
the goat and just turning it into like this fight club-esque like secret society um on how Lagoshi um Lagoshi like trains himself into fighting uh was it Riz the bear who ends up being the murderer was I thought it was incredible him and the pandas training was so great just like trying to like develop him as a carnivore into like this non-murderous murderer if that makes any sense since he won't eat meat I thought it was a oh oh I thought it was so good how Luis changed from because at the end of season one you see him kill the boss of the Leo group and now Luis Luis is although I keep saying Luis Luis is now like the head honcho of the Leo group which I was like okay that kind of makes sense and you get to see how they use Luis as like this figure of the the Leo group. It's kind of like this this new style of gang that they use, and I thought it was incredible how Lewis changed from like a villain, like this snotty nosed brat type of student to like a legit like cr- mob boss, which is kind of crazy. But like how Lewis like presents himself, I could see it, and I thought they did a really good job of presenting that. Studio Orange, which is known for CG, probably the best CG company out there, just. So good. If it wasn't for Wonder Egg, this would probably be the best animated show of Winter 2021. I thought they just absolutely destroyed it. It was incredible. It was so well done. Orange Bravo. Whoever says like CG anime is bad is dumb because there's gems like this. Season one of Beastars, Land of the Lustrous, Doro, Hatero. Which CG, if it's done right, is incredible. And this is probably the best CG anime I've ever seen. It's going to be tough between that and Land of the Lustrous. Those are both fantastic, but which is also done by Orange, no surprise. Um, the characters, yeah. So, I mean, the big focus of Beastars is the characters. We got introduced to, like, this douchebag goat who I wish got eaten. It's kind of hinted that he got killed by Riz, but he actually didn't. Sad. Um, really cool to see also the relationship progress between Lugosi and Haru. That I was really glad that they actually became essentially a couple at the end. It's kind of hinted that Lugosi still kind of like hard, kind of scared to pull the trigger, but it definitely feels like that they're in like a legit relationship. I love the final, like the animations of the final fight scene between Lugosi and Riz was incredible. Um, I mean, like I said before, if it wasn't for Wonder Egg, it'd probably be the best of the season in terms of fights, but probably the second best fight of the season was from Beastars season two. Really good. Um, the OP, oh, the OP, just like Ollie did season one with Wildside. We got this one. Oh my God. Um, Kaibutsu it's called. I think it's something like that. Oh my God, dude. The OP is, it's already the front runner for anime of the year. That was so good. If you saw like the Spotify streaming numbers for anime OPs, it was like 29 million views for this one. And second place was like 8 million, which was the Attack on Titan OP. So like this 6X or like 7X Attack on Titan's OP. That's how popular this OP was and how good it was. So huge props. Um, The downsides. Let's get to the bad things I didn't like about this. Uh, Some of the parts of the story felt a little dragged. Not too much, but at parts it did seem like they were stretching it a little bit, especially in like the episodes like five, six, seven area. The ending I thought was pretty good. Uh, I feel like they definitely set up where we're not going to get a third season, even though from based off what I saw, there are still stuff from the manga that needs to get that could get adapted. But I have a feeling that this is the end. It kind of felt like an anime only ending, where like we got the conclusion to like the biggest part of the story. Um, the relationship stuff was pretty much answered. We found out who the murderer was. He gets arrested. Stuff like that. Um, it, it, it was pretty close to a 10. I almost gave it a 10. It just, something was missing. I'm not entirely sure what was missing, but there's something just that was, something that wasn't there from like the first season. But it was still an incredible show. I'm giving it a 9. I was a big fan of Beastars Season 2. And hopefully more people check it out once it gets released on Netflix. I believe it's July it gets released on Netflix. So, 9 for B-Star Season 2. Next up, 
Oh man, this show, this show I thought was gonna be hot, 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 hot garbage. As a bottom tier character, Tomozaki Kun. I thought this was gonna be Gamers Part Two. I thought this was gonna be like a really terrible take on like gamers and relationships and like kind of being like this loner character putting video games first type of thing because let's be honest i've been there i feel like a lot of people have also been there but through before loop this show was great i enjoyed almost all of the cast of characters even if bakugo's voice actor was playing a douchebag since that's pretty much his range of character but i thought they did a really good job at like telling a really fun story of a kind of a loner kid in his ability, his wanting to be like a better person, not just like getting forced into like trying to be like a normie. I'll put it in that way in terms of like these gaming terms that they use. I really enjoyed like how, so the, the, the relationship between Tomozaki and Hinami, where she kind of sets it up where like he goes on quest to like level up his character in real life. And from there, he, kind of like understands more social gather like outings and relationships and conversations and stuff like that. And I think I definitely know that from experience. Just like I am I'm a pretty extroverted person, but a lot of like say my anime friends are pretty introverted. So I've definitely seen I'll say it might sound bad, but hopefully you understand what I'm saying. Like a Tomozaki character in like real life where my introverted friends want to, you know, they want to go out to the bar. They want to learn how to, you know, like have like normal conversations because let's be honest, I think a lot of times right now is spent on like Discord or mess some form of messenger and stuff like that. Where like real life interactions, especially with the pandemic, that doesn't help either. I feel like like how you converse with people is like a talent. And Tomozaki didn't have it, and he to me tried to like teach her or teach him how to like handle these situations and like hey, like, tease, I think it was towards, like, the end, it was, like, when you became better friends with somebody, uh, now tease them. And, like, if you just meet somebody for, like, the first time, like, you really don't, like, tease them. They might get, like, the wrong thing, but, like, if you've been hanging out with, like, your, a new friend for, like, let's say six months, you might be, like, tease them and stuff like that. And then you see that where they're at the hot springs and Tomozaki, like, mentions how small someone's penis is. And you find out that how big, like, Tomozaki's got a... He's well-packaged, so we'll put it that way. And I thought that was, like, really funny. Like, you just give your friend shit. Like, like deep down inside, like, yeah, you're fucking with them, but, like, you're, you're having a good time. Like, it's not out of malice. And you, you see, like, that progression through Tomozaki from the first episode towards the last. I would kill for a second season. I thought, they should, like, I legit, I think a big thing about this show was I thought the show was going to be, like, a four. I thought it was going to be hot garbage. I thought that it was just like a copy paste of gamers or something similar where they really don't understand like a specific type of culture and they just make it like what like the cheesy like the loser gets the hot girl. Guess what? Tomozaki doesn't end up with like the main character. He's like date like, he goes on dates with like the shy library girl. I thought that was a super refreshing take on this style of genre. Will those two probably end up in the end? Probably not, but um it's just a really fun ride to see. Uh, they like developed their like their relationships through Tac Fan, which is like a Super Smash style like fighting game, which I thought was very relatable to a lot of people. Not my style of game, but I think a lot of people could resonate towards, you know, like I I, I don't know how like what the male to female ratio of Smash players is, but I think I feel like a lot of people can like resemble like, you know, you you I don't know if you've ever gone to like a tournament and there's like a girl there you're like i'm so used to practicing with guys all the time and this is a shock which is great i mean like more girls getting into it is fantastic i love it but i remember like i was a big magic the gathering player and um i'll be like blunt like at my local game store if there was 40 people for friday night magic 39 were probably dudes like I felt like that they did a really good job at resembling that style of like culture in the show where it's like when he finds out that the other character is a girl, he's kind of thrown off for a loop. And I feel like that happens in real life. It's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. So sorry, I got an alert on my phone. Uh, my, the city that I live in is in lockdown right now. 
So that's fun. So I'm recording a podcast doing that instead of, instead of going outside. So, um, Tomozaki. Yeah. Great show. Um, really would like a second season. If this was a manga, I'd buy it all at a heartbeat, but it is a light novel and I have the brain of a 12 year old and reading is hard. We do get like a two episode OVA when the Blu-rays come out, I believe. So like in like June or July or something like that, where we get two episodes. I'm hoping it sells well that we get a second one. Like it, the light novel is still ongoing. I feel like this was pretty well received where there's a chance we get a second season. So that being said, Tomozaki, bottom tier character, character Tomozaki with the big PP gets an eight out of 10 for me. I thoroughly enjoy the show. Next up. Ooh, this show, not as good as Tomozaki. It is called suppose a kid from the last dungeon boonies moved to a starter town. Now, if you are looking for a show to, Shut off your brain. You do not care what the story is. You just want to have like a fun, stupid adventure show. This is it. The show does absolutely nothing amazing. Doesn't do anything really bad. Very like stereotypical cliche OP character where he doesn't know how strong he is. And uh, he's like by far the strongest person in the entire town. And everybody, all the girls want to like marry him essentially. Oh man, that beer's giving me the burps. Um, yeah, it, it's hard to recommend the show, but every now and then people just like need a show that like shut off your brain, laugh along with whatever. The characters are goofy, silly, fun. Um, yeah, I wish I had more to talk about, but like that's essentially like what the story is. It's just like this kid comes from a town that's known for like being the strongest people in the world like to everybody else it's a fairy tale kun lun i think it was called kun lun it's essentially a fairy tale uh city where the strongest people live it's like you're from kun lun like that's a fairy tale that doesn't exist that like you're making that up and it turns out it's a real place and it's just like a really interesting you know i should say interesting interesting is a bad word it's a pretty cliche style show i the main character is Lloyd. He's just like a dumb idiot. And he's fun to laugh along with. It's like, whatever. Uh, the, the girls are cute. They're fun. They all have like their different like personalities and dynamics. Two want to marry him. One's kind of like iffy about it with Riho. She was best girl. Uh, she seems to like not actively pursue the main character. But I think like it's like the deep down inside. She actually has a crush type of thing. It's not labeled as a romance. So if you're looking for that, it's not there. It's just like silly stuff really like light harem if that is a thing that's what this show is but like some of the animations are fun some of the fights are fun like he's obviously like super overpowered when he just like he'll like throw like giant monsters like a mile into the sky like he is so strong but that but it's just like a show that's really hard to recommend to people if they're looking because how many people are like looking for like this stylish show i feel like and if you are i feel like there are better versions out there um I don't know. It's just like actually now I'm like looking at like the recommended list. Like most of the shows in this genre are bad. It has um oh my god, what is this show called again? Uh Wise Man's Grandchild from like two years ago. That's like what's next recommended is that show is also hot garbage. Um it's like yeah, it's a bad, like really bad Konosuba. But I'm giving it a six. Uh silly fun, whatever adventure fantasy style show that you're looking for um yeah it's it's whatever it's fine it's a six out of ten last show that i'm going to be talking about just because it wrapped up everything and i really haven't covered it that much and that was black clover so we got all 170 episodes completed we are getting a movie which i'm assuming is going to be concluding the final arc of the story that's being told right now between like the triad the dark triads i believe they're called and I just want to like give my takes because I'm not the biggest Shonen guy and why I resonate the Black Clover so much compared to shows like My Hero Academia, which I constantly shit on. And I, before I say this, I don't blame anybody for dropping Black Clover. The first 45 episodes of Black Clover are like hot garbage. Like I know there are cool elements to it, but there's a reason why they completely changed Asta. They changed its voice actor, but the, how they portrayed Asta was because it was so, like, negatively, like, slammed for his screen. Like, 
there are real, real like issues with how Black Clover started. But I think the biggest thing is not how you start, it's how you end. And Black Clover, after for me, after like episode 45-ish, became one of the best shonens I've ever seen in my entire life. Now, the animations aren't going to like stun anybody, but how they construct their magic system, I think is incredible. How they like level up their spells, their powers, and the style that they use in that, like that grimoire book style thing is really well done. And really unique characters the only like reoccurring power i really see from it are like fire ice and lightning and i feel like that happens a lot in these style shows since those are like common elements like a core element in like power systems but you also see like incredible power systems like uh julius's like chrono spheres and stuff like that super unique writing time as a power is incredible um like uh the, the Sylvia family, like his power is legit using silver, which is like a poisonous metal that can like do a bunch of damage if it's hardened or poisoned, if it's a salt or a liquid. And I really enjoyed that element. Yami is incredible. Everybody knows like Yami is the absolute man. His voice actor killed it. His character is incredible as well. He's a great comedic. Like he does like the comedic elements top tier along with adding that like sensei teacher role where he needs when he needs to be serious he can be and i really enjoyed that aspect of yami as well a lot of the black bulls are great noel grew on me like significantly i was not a big noel fan and as progressed noel is my favorite girl character in black clover probably i should say that marilona still exists she just hasn't been the show for that like recently She's by far best. I should. She should. She's by far best girl. Like she, she was my runner up last year for best girl. That's how much I enjoyed her. But like Noelle is growing on me. Like I believe like she is, like she will be a face for like women in shonen. Like she's that good of a female character, especially in terms of main female characters, not to like the side that we see like we saw in like Bleach and sometimes where like. You had these great female characters that weren't necessarily in the show the whole time, and they're iconic, where Noelle stands out as being a main character in the show for a extended amount of time. Like, she got her own arc. You get to see, like, the backstory of her family and stuff like that, which was really great. Asagurami, hated him in the beginning, really hated him. I, I, if it wasn't, if I wasn't watching the show with my friend, I would have dropped it after, like, episode seven, and he really grew on me. Compared to like, I know this, this is gonna sound really old, like a broken record, but he gets compared to us or not us. He gets compared to Deku a lot, so I'm gonna continue that because I feel like that resonates a lot with a lot of people. He just works harder for his goal, and I like that more than like how Deku, well, Deku like obviously does work hard for his goal. Don't get me wrong, but like, how, I feel like Asa's like motivations. And his determination and everything like that, and like where his heart is set, if that makes sense, is a really great way of writing this, you know, like 17, 18 year old male main character. And I really enjoy that, especially with his struggles of not having magic powers, was really well done. And I just think overall, Black Clover deserves the hate it gets, but it also deserves like the love it gets. Um, it's not like Hunter Hunter for me, where like Hunter Hunter is my favorite shonen of all time, like this style of shonen. But I think it's up there. I think it's really good. I'm looking forward to more. I think it's only getting better as the story progresses, and we'll see where it goes. I'm assuming, and a lot of other people are assuming as well, that we're getting the movie, then Studio Perot is doing Bleach, and then once Bleach is done, Black Clover will probably pick up because the anime was really close with the manga single digit chapters close to the content so this allows black clover to catch up or the manga to catch up on getting more chapters out so it doesn't have to the anime doesn't have to feel rushed we don't have to get fillers because one thing black clover does incredibly well is the lack of fillers in shonen it's so good i don't know what the total was but less than 10 percent was filler like i feel like it was like 10 episodes ish of filler and they did it at a really good time. They did it when major arcs were concluded. 
and you didn't need to rush into the next arc immediately. And that's where filler is like supposed to be. Like they had like the festival episodes. I think it was like three or four episodes after they went to the Atlantis City towards like episode fifty. They, although they had like the beach episode too as well, but like. It's like those style of fillers make sense for the story. Like you just concluded like a major boss battle. Like you're not going to jump into another boss battle immediately. Like you need to pump the brakes on the storytelling in order to build up for what's to come. And I thought Black Clover did a great job. So overall, Black Clover, I'm giving it an eight. Uh, if it wasn't for like the first 45 episodes, it'd probably be a nine. But just in general, I'm a big fan of Black Clover. I'm glad to see we're hopefully getting more. Its sales are picking up. Now that the the anime is concluded, so that being said, it'll be really interesting to see like where we go from there, and hopefully it's not. I'm assuming it's not over, over, but like we're on our break, and we'll see where it goes. Hopefully, we don't get the hunter hunter hiatus. We just get like I don't know, maybe two years off, year off, something like that for Black Clover, and we'll pick it back up when it comes around. So that'll be great. So that being said, we have wrapped up our winter review. If you I know I did this by myself, probably talked a lot. You probably zoned me out. But you know what? If you made it this far, thank you so much. If you are listening on YouTube, if you would consider liking and subscribing to the channel, it helps me out. It helps the channel out. It helps grow our brand. We are a very welcoming community, mostly towards, uh, I'd say our demographic is like 21 plus. So if you are, but all ages are welcome in like our Discord and interacting with us. We're a very active Discord. Links in our link tree below. Join. We talk anime, manga, TV shows. We were talking Invincible the other day. So if you're watching on Amazon Prime, we were talking about that. We talk about sports. We got a whole bunch of things going on. Um, yeah, that being said, like if you have a Twitter, if you could follow us on Twitter, it's what do you say, Annie? That's what do you say, A N I on Twitter. Uh, that's the best way to keep up with like daily information on the podcast. I usually tweet every day. It's about random anime stuff or manga stuff that I'm either like reading or watching, telling you to like watch or whatever. So, uh, yeah, all that is in our link tree. If you like our content, like I said before, consider subscribing and liking that type of stuff. It helps us beat like an algorithm that you know that YouTube and whatever Spotify, Apple, iTunes use for their products. So that would help us out. Uh, in a week, we will be doing our watch club episode of yuri on ice if you are interested it's like a book club but for anime called watch club you can join our discord and discuss it with us so yuri on ice and you can also vote on the shows that we nominate that you want us to watch so if you're interested in us watching a specific show use our anime club channel in our discord and you'll let us know other than that in two weeks we'll be doing our demon slayer movie review so we'll be me and pat and maybe Tyler from Discord will be going out to the theaters to watch the Mugen Train, our second uh, movie review since the pandemic. We got the, we did the Violet Evergarden movie two weeks ago. But other than that, thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, I greatly appreciate it. My voice is going to going to hurt in the morning because I talked for like an hour straight. But I just want to say thank you a lot and have a great night or day or wherever you're listening. Thanks again. Talk to you later.